Welcome to Tay Talks. My name is Taylor, otherwise known as Tay to my friends. So today's episode is about surviving, healing, and being unapologetically me. Thank you for joining us today. I'm so excited to have a special guest live with me for a very important conversation. Today on Tay Talks, I have with me Gina Mellish. Gina currently holds the title of Miss New Jersey USA. She's also a One Love Workshop facilitator and a relationship abuse advocate. I'm so glad to have Gina on my podcast and so grateful to One Love who connected us. As you may know, October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month, which is an incredible opportunity to highlight the power of healing from unhealthy relationships. One in three women will experience relationship abuse in their lifetime. So I am dedicated to helping the next generation of women identify the signs that I and so many other women miss. Today, we are gonna be addressing self-care and healing, some red flags we may have missed in our own relationships, and ways we continue to move forward and be unapologetically us in our experiences as One Love Workshop facilitators. So let's chat. Our first topic is going to be about One Love and what our experience has been. So we actually met through social media with One Love being the common denominator for us. Being a One Love campus ambassador and workshop facilitator has been a life-changing role for me during my own healing process, as I'm sure it has been for you too. So my first question is, can you share with us how One Love has positively impacted your healing process? Yes, so thank you so much for having me. I'm very excited to be here. Um, I love talking about One Love just because their their whole vibe with their conversation is such a different approach than most organizations talk about domestic violence and relationship abuse. And I've found that One Love has been very uplifting and very supportive. They're full of survivors, people that are on our team, like they constantly want us to achieve, heal, and continue the process of education. And my entire experience with One Love has just been so genuine and full um, because how I was introduced to One Love was very organically. Um, I was in my abusive relationship for about three years at the time, and I really wanted to step out of my box. I was feeling really isolated, so I went out for a sorority. And uh, you know what better than like some extra girl power to feel like non-isolated? Um, so I went out for the sorority, and one of the mandatory events we had to attend. Uh, was a One Love workshop. I had never heard of One Love. I had no idea what it was. I just kind of showed up, did my good sisterly duties. And little did I know, I really think that they saved my life. 
And um, I now teach that same workshop to young men and women. And it's incredible. I've been now been able to do it virtually at home, which is awesome because of the COVID age. Um, but One Love has given me strength that I honestly didn't even know existed inside of me and a voice to push forward. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely would agree with that. Um, and do you feel that you're really reaching young lives when you host the workshops? Like, what is that like for you um, being yeah. on the other side of things? Mm -hmm. So something that I love about One Love is that they really have honed in on what catches our generation, if that makes sense. I feel like the wording that they use, the graphics that they use, the tactics they use, they make videos that are relatable. I mean, the workshop I watched was the escalation training and the video was so relatable. I was sitting in the back saying like, oh my God, this is in my relationship or like, this is what I'm checking off the box in my relationship. And it's relatable in a way that we understand. And I think they really have capitalized on how to get our generation's attention for sure. Yeah, absolutely. And is there anything you sometimes struggle with as a facilitator? I would say um, because I have been so public with my story, which did take a little bit of time, um, I would say, and this is not necessarily a bad thing, but there have been so many amazing women coming forward and sharing their stories with me. And it's hard sometimes because there are things that do remind me of what I have been through. And I constantly have to remind myself that, you know, you're in a great position and it's okay to have boundaries sometimes. I'm not a, you know, we're not trained professionals. We're just simply trying to educate in a way that we best understand. So it's always important for me to be there for someone, but as far as I, I physically can, where I can continue to educate, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. So it's definitely empowering when women reach out. I, I feel like that's what makes me feel like I've done my job is like, okay, I'm not alone. You're not alone. I'm literally getting chills talking about it because it is so powerful, but there does kind of have to come a time where we as facilitators have to set boundaries and say, if you need further assistant, assistance, maybe you should go to the National Domestic Violence Hotline or someone on campus for Title IX because there's only so much that we physically can do. Yeah, no, I agree with that. And I definitely say that to folks when I am giving my workshop because I do experience uh, some triggers sometimes mm -hmm. when I'm hearing different stories or people ask questions. I'm like, well, like I was in your position once. Yeah. Um, and it can be a lot. It can be very emotionally, you know, draining and heavy. But I think the best way, if you are, you know, a facilitator or someone comes to you um, and they are disclosing to you to definitely sh provide and share with them resources like Title mm -hmm. IX, um, because it's, like you said, we're not pro uh, professionals. <laughs> so going into my next topic is um, red flags and actually kind of a little bit talking about One Love's um, 10 unhealthy signs. So mm -hmm. uh, this topic is relevant to all listeners, not just um, survivors. And after I moved on from my unhealthy and abusive relationship, I noticed that there were so many red flags that I missed and didn't recognize until after, like manipulation and guilting. Um, and I just want to know, are there any red flags of unhealthy um, behaviors and signs that um, you missed? 
Yes, I touched upon earlier, isolation was a huge factor for me. Um, the person I was dating at the time had actually switched schools to come to my school. And I was entering as a freshman and basically it was impossible for me to make friends, for me to find my path, uh, which obviously is hard on its own being a freshman in college. And then also um, my relationship with my family, my abuser started to try to isolate and that was huge for me and uh, very emotional, but also manipulation was a huge factor, sabotage. There were times that rumors would be started about me and I was like, this is the first I'm hearing about this. I don't think this is true. <laughs> um, and just, I would say even my, the way that the relationship started was very fast. I know we talk about comfortable pace as um, a sign and it was definitely not comfortable. It was six, I was 16 and within two weeks, it was, I love you. It was, can you stay over? And I really wasn't introduced to love the right way with that relationship. And so it was really hard for me at 16 years old to figure out like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? Or should I be setting boundaries? Or how do I say no? So it, that was definitely um, hard navigating. So looking back, that's something that I do wish I set boundaries earlier on and kind of said like, these are my boundaries. If you respect them, that's great. And if you don't, goodbye. <laughs> yeah, no, boundary setting is uh, really important. I actually talked about that on one of my episodes, uh, earlier episodes about the importance of setting boundaries because that's how you protect yourself, right? Mm -hmm. That's literally how you set a comfortable um, pace and how you know you feel comfortable as an individual and this is not just uh boundaries in with intimate uh relationships and partners but also with friends even mm -hmm. family members um because it can be too much and right. too much is, it can escalate into something worse um so going off of boundaries uh do you have any advice for people experiencing um these unhealthy behaviors and relationships um or even just advice on how to rec recognize the signs mm -hmm. now that you're older, um, have educated yourself on these traits. Well, finding one love for me was such a pinnacle point in my life because they really put words to feelings. And I didn't know how to recognize these unhealthy signs. And with one love, that's what we educate people to do. And I would say just take the time to educate yourself, even if it's 10, min 10 minutes, if you're looking through the 10 unhealthy signs, 10 healthy signs, and trust your gut. If you feel like something is off, something's off. Or if you feel like you deserve better, you deserve better. Even if it's like a minuscule of a second, that's our body's telling our mind something that we may be missing. And, you know, we have good instinct as humans. If something's wrong, like we know. And we're also very deserving of a healthy and beautiful love. And I think more people need to know that and understand that and truly believe that of themselves. And, you know, when I was going through this unhealthy relationship, my self-esteem was like super, super low. And now that I'm healed and I'm educated on what love should look like, I'm up here and I'm like, this is where I need my person to meet me. And like, that's where I want to be met because I'm deserving of something. I'm special. I'm strong. I'm passionate. And having that self-love and reminding ourselves uh, that's the way that we think of each other, like that's what you want someone to think of you. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, 
this is a perfect segue into <laughs> um, so I know that you you just mentioned you know you've healed from your situation and you are at a level where you now see yourself in a higher position, um, high regard. So uh, I definitely have shared, and I know you have also, um, you know, about surviving and about your relationship and any abuse that you've just experienced. Um, and I know on your Instagram, sometimes you share different like tips and stuff about mm -hmm. like healing and what this journey has been like for you. Um, and it's healing is such an important conversation to have, right? Like we have to be able to move forward and be able to love ourselves and, and get back on track. Um, and sometimes survivors, right? We don't know where to start. So, yeah. <laughs> um, can you talk a little bit about how you started on your healing journey and what that has been like for you? Oh my goodness. Well, um, when I, my, really my first part of my journey was becoming a one love facilitator for me i needed an outlet to figure out why this happened to me i had done therapy for a little while and i just figured out it wasn't for me which is fine everyone has their own ways um i actually tried a couple of therapists and i was just like you know what this is not my vibe like it's okay and i needed to take that journey on my own i did a lot of meditation like manifesting how i want to feel and what I want my life to be like. And becoming a part of One Love gave me a reason to why I went through all of those things. And I educated myself on why I went through those things. And when I competed for Miss New Jersey, I was kind of standing up on the stage, not as me, but as all the girls who have been through my situation. And I wanted to give voice to that and give life to that. And I've been able to share Yardley's story on my platform and continue to talk about these stories and these experiences and knowing that they're real because we always say that we, one in three women, like that is mind boggling to me. And it's way too common for us to be comfortable with that. And in order to reduce those statistics, we have to educate ourselves. And so I've basically taken my social media to, okay, what can I do to educate people as much as possible? I started writing articles on Sway Media. That's where I shared my story. That's where I shared um, my experience trying to implement a code word in my county, uh, where I share, you know, my workshops in a minuscule platform. And I've just been doing the best that I can to make the conversation as attractive as possible because it needs to be had and sometimes it's dark and it's that's the realistic matter of it but what i love about one love is they've brought light to such a dark conversation and that's why i took that leap to become a part of that family and that's what i've continued to strive to do as well thank you for sharing that um yeah. you talked and mentioned how like therapy didn't work for you mm -hmm. um, so for me i love therapy mm -hmm. I, I did individual therapy and I also did group therapy and it was really great. Um, and I also tapped into like my creative side and uh, did a lot of like artwork, um, which like helped me to kind of cope. Uh, so what are some other like self-care tips that you've done um, in lieu of therapy or other um, measures? So like I said, I love writing. I used to love writing growing up and then I just got busy and stopped. 
I'm in between interning and school and competing, I just stopped. And then um, when we became quarantined, I was like, wow, this really helps my mind just flow. I'm a Pisces, so I'm very creative. Like I have a very creative personality. So I feel like I always need to be doing something creative. So I love to write. I also love, love listening to music, going for a jog. Like I'm not crazy about fitness, even though I probably should be because I'm competing in a swimsuit soon. But, <laughs> but I just love the way that it makes my mind feel so free, like going for a run, playing Ariana Grande or like some other empowering Beyonce and just make you feel good. You know, you need those moments. I love cooking and baking, like just those things to make me feel like free and creative and just expressive. Um, so that's, I think that's my tip is find whatever it is for you that makes you feel free, that makes you feel full and makes you feel empowered and continue to do those things. Because like you said, every now and then we do have triggers. It's a conversation that I'm having basically every day now that I'm going to be having on a national stage in front of millions of people on TV. And I need to take care of myself so I can continue to have these conversations and continue to reach and educate young women. Absolutely. Yeah. I want to echo just to empower yourself, find something that's going to make you feel good. Um, and going off of that and triggering um, triggers and flashbacks that we may experience. Um, do you have any advice to offer uh, to the listeners if you are experiencing triggers or flashbacks during your healing process and how do you manage that and kind of get yourself back to ground zero? Mm -hmm. I think it's important to remind yourself that you're never alone, even though those memories or those times that have happened that are maybe coming back to you or triggering, you might've been alone in that situation. You're never physically or emotionally alone now. And I think it's important to reach out for help and know that vulnerability is not a weakness, rather it's a form of strength. And I think that's something that sometimes is misunderstood or there's a stigma behind being a victim and there actually is not. You know, we're not victims, we're survivors and that strength is so empowering. And find a community of women that you love and support each other and understand, like we have found each other, we can have these conversations. Like I know if I was like, hey girl, I'm having a bad day, like can I reach out? Like I know you'd be there. And I have some other women that I've met along the way too that have been like, hey, like me too. And that's what this journey is about. Like you're not gonna both have bad days on the same day. Like you're always going to be on a different schedule and you can always reach out to each other. And I think that is another reason why we need to continue to take care of ourselves because we need to help our girls too, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, um, I totally agree with that. I definitely can count my friends who I've been like, oh, I'm like, I have this, like I'm walking in, in my house or just like cooking and all of a sudden like a memory comes back or even a scent, right? Smells so yeah, um, sure. during this process. Um, <laughs> and I definitely can count on my friends and peers to just listen. And I think mm -hmm. it's important to know, like you said, that we're never alone um, mm -hmm. and we always have a support system. Um, and I think what when love has taught me is that there are a lot more resources than sometimes it can be overwhelming, but there are a lot of resources. Uh, even if like you don't want to talk to your friends or your family, like there's so mm -hmm. many people that like, this is their job. Exactly. <laughs> Great to know. Uh, so a big part of Tay Talks, um, the brand I create and the image uh, for myself is living on un unapologetically living my best life and just being 
carefree. So throughout my healing process, um, I've embodied this phase, this phrase, excuse me, more than ever, um, getting in touch with my creative side, like I said, opening up a small business and eventually starting my own podcast. So could you, yeah. tell, the, <laughs> could you tell the listeners a little bit about how you live unapologetically? Yes. Um, without fear and knowing that it's so, so cliche, but the only thing to fear is fear itself is so true. I have everything I've done in my life that I've been truly proud of has been from taking risks. I mean, whether it's competing for Miss New Jersey USA, um, I studied abroad in Europe for a semester. I had never been out of the country. I was scared wow. like no other. And my mom and I are so close. I was like, how can I live away from my mom in another country? But it was such a growth process. I traveled to 13 countries, 25 cities, and I came back and I was like, I feel like a woman. <laughs> like I'm ready to take on the world. Um, but I applied to intern for Giorgio Armani. I never, ever, ever thought I would get that job. I applied. I was drinking a glass of wine on the couch watching The Bachelorette. And I was like, ooh, this looks fun. Like, let me do this. And of course, it was something I always dreamed of. I mean, I studied fashion in Italy. That's why I went. And I remember learning about Mr. Armani and how he just completely transformed the modern day woman. And when I got that call back that they wanted to interview me, I swear I almost peed my pants. <laughs> but it's about taking risks and even competing for Miss USA. I never thought I would be here. I always looked up to the women because they were so strong in sharing their story and being confident in who they are and really just standing for something that's bigger than themselves. And I never thought I'd be in this position and I'm here and I'm like, it feels good because I took that risk. And you know, even you starting your own business, we're doing things that are not easy and they have such a beautiful return. Um, but we don't always succeed a hundred percent, but 90% of people stop this close to the finish line. And like my, my advice is just keep going. Like if you're going to fall, fall forward and don't fall back because there are so many things that we can achieve and we have the strength to do that. We just, can't give up. Take those risks. I love that. I think that's a great uh, piece of advice. Um, I'm definitely someone that I dive in and then I get like intimidated. Um, and then I, I, you know, I get it together and I'm like, okay, I can do this. I can really mm -hmm. do it. And, but it's scary, right? It's scary to take that first, um, you know, step in that leap because you don't know what's going to happen. Yeah. But I think that's also what makes it so special and what mm -hmm. makes it fun and exciting. Um, I'm an adventurous person. So for me, me too. <laughs> uh, taking that leap and like, you know, not knowing, yeah. I, like I said, started this podcast over the summer and I never would have thought I would have like met you, got the, um, you know, being able to have a conversation with you yeah. know, who is Miss New Jersey. And that's such like a, a big deal, I guess. You know? <laughs> like whenever I tell people like, oh yeah, this is what's gonna like, I'm going on IG live with Gina Mouse. You're like, what? <laughs> um, <laughs> And so I think, yeah, like, you just never know what, um, you know, could happen, like, for you, mm -hmm. internship, even just traveling uh, for the very first time, you know, outside the country, like, you, you never know. Um, yeah, so I and I, I did cry, like, every night for two weeks, but it's okay, it's <laughs> <laughs> like, 
sometimes you just gotta push yourself. <laughs> yeah, you gotta just push yourself. I remember um, I studied abroad in high school in China and Italy, and I was gone. Oh my god. Yeah, I was gone for a really long time, and in China, I couldn't speak to my parents um, for like days at a time, and I was freaking out. We all were freaking out. <laughs> But you survived. Yeah, you? I survived and I had a great experience and mm-hmm. um, that's what matters. Uh, so switching lanes a little bit, um, how did you get involved with um, pageantry and like what has that been like? Um, have you always been interested in it or was it just like out of the blue? Oh, my story with pageantry is actually very funny. Um, I grew up a tomboy. Like I went to school in basketball shorts, my hair in a bun. I was, I was a boy <laughs> and I played basketball I played volleyball. And in high school, I want to say I was a junior the captain of my volleyball team won Miss New Jersey Team USA. And I was like, what in the heck is this? I have never heard of this before. Um, But she was such a strong person and such an incredible role model on and off the court. I always looked up to her and I was like, you know what? Like, maybe I should do this. I want to be like her. And so I competed for my first time and I got third runner up, which was crazy but I was so sad I didn't win that I signed up the next day for the next year like (laughs) my mom was like Gina this is your first pageant ever you did great and I was like nope I'm very competitive and very determined so I was like no this is not good enough I need to win like I want this and so I won the next year I won Miss New Jersey Teen USA in 2016 and it was incredible. I competed at Teen USA. I met incredible women. Um, I grew up really fast because in between the interview process and, you know, all that stuff, I, I just felt so confident. Um, but at that time, that is when I was in um, my unhealthy relationship. So it was hard. I was basically living a double life and I couldn't understand how someone who was living a glamorous life and doing all these things behind closed doors could be a victim. Um, And it was four years in between. I was Miss New Jersey Teen USA. And then I was like, okay, I found one love. I felt full. I felt healed. I really understood the process. And I was like, I want to compete for a miss, but in a different light. And here's why I want to. And I wanted to be that voice. And I wanted to show girls that like, hey, it doesn't matter who you are. Like it does discriminate. So make sure you educate yourself, but also you're not alone. Like if Miss New Jersey USA can go through this and come out on the other side and educate women, like you can do it too. And that was my message and why I felt so strongly about competing. And I won on my first try, which I was not expecting at all. And so here we are. And it's been five years since I won Miss New Jersey Teen USA. And I feel like a completely different person. And, you know, I feel like we always say why that happened to us. And it's not that I'm grateful that it happened to me, but I do feel like I was put on this earth for a greater purpose and this is why. So I'm really excited to be able to take this to Miss USA and I leave in three days. <laughs> so exciting. Um, thank you so much for sharing that. I of love the story and how mm-hmm. 
it's definitely a unique story. Um, most of, I have a lot of friends that are in pageantry and they've known their whole life. They've been involved yeah. when they were younger. Um, but I've never met anyone who just like, you know, out of the blue was like, Yeah, I, I was like, oh, I want that. I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, which I think is cool. And, and look, like you have a platform, right, that mm-hmm. now are empowering young women and being a support system for them and educating them about one love and 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 just about this conversation, it's so important to have. Um, and I recall that you posted um, you loved princesses growing up. And yes. now you're literally a princess with a purpose. Like, <laughs> how does this make you feel? And what advice would you give to those, um, you know, who are living in fear to follow their dreams? Well, I think growing up, um, you know, a lot of girls, they love princesses because they're pretty and they have crowns, they have this and they have that. I loved their stories. I loved, like, if you actually look into Disney movies, oh my goodness, every single one has such an incredible message. I mean, it's amazing. And I always wanted to be a princess growing up, but now I have that platform and I can be like my Disney princess, but still have my story and still have that message that all those princesses have. And it's so funny. It's so cliche, but it's so true. And it's so beautiful because now I do have that platform. And the Miss Universe organization, I really think, defines what the modern day woman is. She can be a tomboy and still put a pair of heels on and kick butt in swimsuit. But she can also, you know, go out and tell people to vote and educate people on voting and do all these things and still kick butt in her day job. And I think that's what a modern day woman is. We have so many cards to play. We do so many different things and that's so empowering. And I really think that's what the organization represents. I love that. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I know that you're going to be competing um, for Miss USA and leaving soon. <laughs> uh, what are you most excited for, for this next chapter? Um, do you have any nerves? You know, what's going on? Uh, I try to tell myself I'm not nervous and I'm excited, but that works about 90% of the time. <laughs> um, I think I'm most excited to meet the rest of the girls. Normally, I'd be able to see them at events throughout the year, but because of COVID, we haven't been able to do anything. And I'm really grateful that we have this opportunity because 2020 has been such an eventful year. Mm-hmm. And we all have things that we're really passionate about. I mean, for me, domestic violence statistics rose 35% in quarantine. And that was so alarming to me because of my situation. And I genuinely couldn't imagine being co-quarantined with my abuser at the time. Um, And so there's so many things that we need to talk about on this stage. You know, our current Miss USA is a beautiful Black woman. She's strong and she's so passionate about Black Lives Matter. And like, this is the time for us to have these conversations in front of people and educate them. I mean, we're going to be there during the election. Like, these are things that we need to have and discussions we need to talk about. And this is a perfect platform to do it on. Like, what better than 51 educated, strong women to do that? So I'm excited to hear everyone's stories and just meet them. I like, I want to hug them, but I don't know if we're allowed. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. And then how long is it? Is it like 
a month? Is it a couple weeks? So normally it's about two to three weeks. We're only going to be there for 10 days, um, which is nice. So it won't be too crazy. Only have like three suitcases instead of five. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I leave on Saturday and then Miss USA is November 9th. Oh, so exciting. Well, <laughs> wishing you the best of luck. Thank you. Um, I can't wait to hear all about it. Um, and I just wanted to say thank you again so much for uh, coming here and chatting with me um, and allowing yourself to be vulnerable and open in this virtual space. Um, again, uh, this is an important conversation to have, and we have to continue to keep having this conversation with our peers, our community. Um, in our college campuses. And I do have one last question. Is there any piece of advice that you would love to share with perhaps your younger self, um, other college students that maybe might be in this difficult um, you know, position in unhealthy relationship or might be you know, living on the side of, of fear and not wanting to branch out and follow their dreams? I think that I kind of fell into a place like freshman, sophomore year where I wanted to be like everyone else. I really wanted to fit in. I wanted to, you know, go out with my friends and I wanted to be part of, you know, a group and do these things. And I don't think it wasn't until I broke off from my friend group and started doing my own thing that made me happy that I felt more full. And I really needed to find the people that had the same values and beliefs that I did. And I think sometimes it's really, really hard. I know sometimes we just want to fit in and we just want to do whatever the crowd is doing. Um, But competing for me was a big step to step outside my comfort zone and do something that I never thought I would do. I mean, teen is a completely different ball game than this. So it was, it was definitely something that I was scared to fail at. Like I didn't want to lose, but I knew that no matter what the process was developing something beautiful and that was me growing. And so my advice for anyone is, don't be afraid to do what makes you happy, whether it's competing in a pageant, even if you know nothing about it, like, hello, (laughs) Um, if you want to branch out and just do something different, like, don't be afraid and don't try to fit in with the crowd. And also going on to the topic of love, I didn't really understand how worthy and deserving I was of something beautiful and something healthy. And also I didn't know what that looked like. I think that we are so surrounded by media culture which kind of hypes up things that are unhealthy whether it be like the Netflix show you or sometimes these movies that are really unrealistic I was obsessed with Twilight but like so unrealistic and um, I just think that we need to educate ourselves on what love really is supposed to look like and what healthy love looks like and know that we are more than deserving and worthy of those things well thank you again and you (laughs) so appreciate it and i know how busy you are um this really means a lot to me of course you can follow gina's journey at the gina mellish and wishing you lots of luck and grace thank you thank you so much for having me of course bye 
Thanks for tuning into Tay Talks this week. I hope you enjoyed the episode and be sure to tune in next week. If you have any updates, advice, stories, any tea you want to share with me, feel free to follow me at Tay Talks on Instagram and send me your messages.